The Warriors are starting game one of a back-to-back. It's the Pacers and Rockets. They should win those two games. We'll talk about that. I got the greatest that is Connor Letourneau of the San Francisco Chronicle with me. Connor, you ready to do this? Yes. Thanks for having me. Let's go, man. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. You can follow Connor Letourneau on Twitter at con underscore cron, C-O-N underscore C-H-R-O-N, representing his position in the San Francisco Chronicle as the sort of Warriors beat reporter. While <laughs> the they sort look, of Warriors beat writer. <laughs> while they look for that uh, permanent beat writer. And I guess let's start with that. I mean, real quickly, look, I mean, I see all the time people complaining about how Oh, that guy has a check mark. Oh, that guy shouldn't be covering the Warriors. I could do a better job. Now you can. That opportunity is right in front of you. So if someone wants to be the Warriors beat reporter, that position is open for the San Francisco Chronicle. Tell us about that job and what what are you guys looking for and how can people apply if they're interested? Yeah, I mean, um, so I obviously did that job for five plus years um, and I wouldn't trade that experience for the world. It was it was uh, a once in a lifetime experience. I would say to anyone who is interested in applying, um, it is the a great place to work. San Francisco Chronicle cares about the right things. They care about good journals and they care about good storytelling and they treat their employees well. It's an obviously an amazing city in the Bay Area in San Francisco. And then I'm not sure there's a better beat to cover in sports. Yeah. Um, and I say that not just because the Warriors are super nationally relevant, but because the access is incredible. Ray Ritter and their PR staff are phenomenal to work with. And, uh, you know, you really, there's really no limit to the reporting you can do. They let you talk to anyone in the organization. You can spend time away from the arena with players and coaches. Um, that's not true with a lot of NBA teams or a lot of professional teams for that matter. Um, so I think it's an amazing opportunity for, for someone looking to, uh, have that high level beat, writing experience. And in terms of what we're looking for, we're, we're looking for someone, you know, basically willing to go the extra mile because this is, this is a a grind of a job, you know, in season, you're working basically seven days a week. Um, You know, you're doing the travel, you're doing all of it. And we're, we're looking for someone who's up for that type of challenge, but also willing to still go the extra mile and do, you know, work that goes beyond what's right in front of you in terms of game coverage and, and media availabilities, you know, willing to make that extra call, willing to do the extra legwork. And I think we're also looking for someone who uh, can bring a different voice uh, to, to the discussion. You know, I, we have some strong features writers, we have uh, strong columnists, but I think, you know, we want to bring someone in that beat role who can add something we don't already have, you know, someone right. who's good at connecting with players and coaches and, you know, just has a different perspective on things than myself or Ron or some of our other great people on staff have uh can bring so um yeah i know i know the response on it has been phenomenal we've gotten a lot of applicants i think we have a really good applicant pool but you know we're still looking and so you if you haven't applied already and you're interested you should there you go man and your predecessor rusty simmons rip with the sf chronicle reach out to me rusty i want to bring you on if you ever want to tell your side of the story my man we love you um but let's talk about warriors today 
Uh, they play the Pacers, um, and and I I got a I got a, a feces eating grin on my face. That's the best way I could put this. That's family friendly because of the what happened last night with the Pacers. Um, they beat the Lakers, uh, uh, a team that I consider flat out pathetic right now, and I kind of blasted LeBron and I flat out blasted LeBron on Twitter last night just because. They lost the game. It was over. I believe the score was 111-102. And with no time left, LeBron just puts up a layup to get 30 points, stat padding. So he's got a lot of criticism coming his way. But the main story of that game was that Russell Westbrook, sorry, West, Russell Westbrook, uh, was not playing the last approximately four minutes of the game. Frank Vogel made that decision on his own. He thought it was best for the team. Um, so before we talk about the Warriors opponent tonight, that St. Pacers team, Connor, man, you got insights, dude. Like, what, what's your take on on the Warriors? What once was their main rival, but now we can laugh because they really are not much of a rival. But yeah, give us your take on that. First of all, do you which one do you, do you feel more strongly about? Your love for the Warriors or your hate for the Lakers? Oh, oh love for the oh no no no. Okay, let's make one thing very clear. I actually don't mind the Laker fan base. Um, is, is I, I think it's a health. It's LeBron, dude, and it's and it's his fans that drive me crazy. But no, it's not a hatred's a strong word, dude. I use sports hate. Like I don't hate him personally. I don't hate yeah. his fans personally. I just I just really get into sports and the rivalry over it and the talking only biased. Um, right. Yeah, it's yeah, I yeah like, talk about. By the way. I love I love biased takes because they're just they're <laughs> fun. But um, in terms of the Lakers, I don't understand why some people are still saying that they could be contenders. I mean, they're below five hundred. They've lost uh, a bunch of games recently. They're, they're like you said, they're a mess. I think the the Westbrook experiment was a disaster from mm-hmm. the get go. I could have told you that wasn't going to mm-hmm. work. Um, he's just he's not going to coexist with someone like LeBron. And and I think there's a track record there. And I think that was predictable. Um, and I mean, the question right now is, can they make the playoffs? I mean, they're the eight seed, barely a- ahead of the Clippers, who are in ninth, and then. You know, it looks like they might have to be in the play-in tournament. Yeah. So they're like they might not even make the playoffs. And uh, when you when you look at the Warriors and the Suns and the Grizzlies, who to me are the three teams that deserve to be mentioned as serious contenders in the West. Maybe you can throw the Jazz in there too. Um, they're just operating at such a different level; it's not even comparable. Yeah, it, it is. And, and, and so let's talk about the Pacers. That's who the Warriors play tonight. Um, it's, it's game one of a two game, uh, back-to-back stretch as part of this, what seven game homestand, I believe. I, I don't I can't remember if it's six or seven. Uh, yeah. And so, and this is the easy part before it kind of ramps up a little bit in terms of scheduling difficulties. Um, the most I've heard from the Pacers recently is trade talk. I haven't really heard much about their play. Uh, Karis Levert was huge last night. Um, they got some bonus miles Turner's now out because of that knee injury. Um, but what can you tell us about the Warriors opponent, uh, in tonight's game, the Indiana Pacers? I'll be honest. Like I'm kind of like the Warriors in the sense that, you know, the Warriors, when they're going into a game, they don't do a ton of research on the opponent. Like they, the game prep is minimal. Um, they're, they're mainly worried about rectifying their own mistakes and, and, and looking in the mirror. Um, and that's kind of how I approach game covers. Like I, I, I definitely have a working knowledge of whatever what's going on with every team, but I'm not doing like deep analysis breakdowns ahead of games because that's just doesn't serve me in terms of what my job is. But um, the Pacers, <laughs> like you said, the fact that every news item that's coming out of Indiana is just about trade speculation tells you yeah. all you need to know about where they're at. Um, I think that the ship has sailed on any 
real contention or possibilities for them. And, and they're in a place where they probably need to just press a board and just start over. Uh, and I think that would start with trading DeMontis Sabonis, who, yeah. um, you know, it sounds like they're, they're open to, to trading at this point. I, there was that report, I think yesterday from the SAC B that, that the Kings are going after Sabonis and would be willing to dangle De'Aaron Fox, which is really uh, an intriguing possibility for the Pacers. Yes. Um, I've always felt like, you know, like, like every team, the Warriors are linked to every big name guy who's potentially on the market. And I've always felt like DeMontis Sabonis would be a really good fit with the Warriors. I Agreed. Just Agreed. I just, don't, I just don't see like how that could actually happen. Um, also agree. Um, given what they would have to give up. And I, I, the Warriors, I just aren't willing to do that. Any, any trade for someone like that at this point is probably going to sit around Jonathan Kaminga. If you right. asked me a year ago, I would have said it would centered around Wiseman, but I think the market value for Kaminga is significantly higher than Wiseman right now. And given what we've seen from Kaminga the past few days and really the all season, uh, you can't let that go. I mean, no, heck no. no. This guy is 19. He's productive for a winning team right now. He's slowly earned himself a spot in the rotation. He's starting with Draymond out. Um, the upside is through the roof. I truly believe that this guy can be a perennial all-star guy. I'm not saying he will be, but I think he can be. And you don't, you don't just give that up. So, um, heck no, man. No, I think, I think dub nation's in agreement with you. Kaminga is a lifer, dude. He is the future of this team. And he's a he's going to be the reason why if the Warriors extend this dynasty spur style 15, 20 years, it's going to be because of him largely. Um, We're going to talk about the Warriors and so much more with the great Connor Letourneau. I'm so happy you're joining me this morning. Uh, But first, let's talk about one of our really longtime sponsors, Bet Online. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year, and it's a new updated desktop and mobile website that they're providing. So sign up today, and you can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to get started. Again, that is LOCKEDON if you want to apply that promo code to get a 50% welcome bonus from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. I sometimes pump those out. I'm sometimes a guest on those shows. Listen to Locked On Now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or watch it on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. You know, Connor, I'm really stoked you're joining me, man, just on a personal level. 
Uh, my dog passed away three and a half weeks ago, and the only reason why I bring it up is because I have not felt like the same person since then. I don't think I'm as, a, as sharp as I used to be. I'm not as focused as I used to be. I didn't think I'd grieve like this, but uh, I'm so sorry, I'm man. really that's uh, okay. But I'm so happy you're with me this morning because um, I feel like for the sake of the people watching and listening, it makes a better product. Uh, and I'll be back to 100% at some point. I just didn't realize how much I, you know, I love this animal, and he was like a baby to me. Anyways, the point I bring that up is because you weren't supposed to uh, join me this morning, um, because usually on the days that the Warriors have a game at home, they have a morning shoot-around that the media attends, and you're allowed to ask questions, and, and you're, you're doing your own observations for your content. Um, they canceled that this morning. Uh, that's not a usual thing. Um, and I was just curious to know, uh, do you have any suspicions? Why do you think that's an indicator of anything? Or do you think they just, they're just taking the day off rest? Um, they also canceled practice yesterday and historically in the lead up to a back to back, you know, you'll, you'll either have a practice the day before the first game, or if you don't have a practice the day before the first game, you'll have a shoot around the morning of the first game, and then you will not have a shoot around the morning of the second game. And then you usually historically do not practice the day after the game. Um, I will say the way the league is trending um, and the Warriors are a part of that more and more shoot arounds and practices are being canceled in favor of just rest. I think rest mm -hmm. is valued more and more, especially with what's going on in the league with the COVID outbreaks and the Warriors are dealing with some injuries, most notably to uh, Draymond. And I think, I think Steve just decided, you know, this is a good opportunity to just rest up we have guys dealing with a bunch of minor injuries, you know, even like Gary Payton, the second and some other guys are, are like Otto Porter and some other guys are dealing with minor injuries. And so you might as well just rest them up and, uh, you know, get ready for this back to back. But, um, you know, luckily for the Warriors, they're playing two teams that are very beatable. Yeah. And, uh, I don't expect it to be any major issue, especially with Draymond, it's, even with Draymond out. Um, and Draymond is out. Uh, the, the latest math is approximately two weeks. Could be realistically maybe even four to six. Um, the Warriors typically look at the long game, and when it comes to a back injury, I feel like St Steve Kerr has a particular sensitivity to that based off his own history um, with his back surgery and how much he's denounced that and how he doesn't recommend back surgeries for individuals. And let's hope Draymond's okay. Uh, dude, you told me something that was interesting, uh, shifting gears for a moment. I can't remember if you published this publicly, if you told me privately. Uh, you thought right now in the current MVP standings, right, that Steve, that, uh, uh, Stephen Curry is sixth in your rankings. Is that correct? And, and yeah. who, is, who's, who is your top five preceding him? Yeah, so I was asked that in my mailbag the other day, and I, I went back and, and looked at it and, uh, you know, put, put some thought into it. And I, I don't think you can put Steph above six right now. I just, I don't wow. think that that would be fair to the other candidates. Um, I think Steph, you know, obviously Steph, even on a quote unquote down year is transcendent and incredible and revolutionizing the game, but um, he is having his worst shooting season by a relatively wide margin. He's yeah. in, toiling through his worst shooting slump of his entire career. It looks like he's slowly starting to break out of that, but it's just hard to justify giving him the MVP or even having him in the top three discussion when his numbers are so far below his career averages in, right. in his, his points per game. Same thing. Um, I think this would be his worst, uh, his worst scoring season since 2016, 17. And that doesn't include 2019, 20 when he was limited to five games. Right. Um, but the guys I have ahead of him are Giannis, 
Nikola Jokic, Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid, and DeMar DeRozan. Um, I think the only guy that you on that list that you could maybe put step above is DeMar DeRozan. But I give DeMar the the nod there just because he has been the driving force behind this sudden surge in Chicago. Um, Chicago is probably the most surprising team in the league, and it's largely because of DeMar DeRozan. I think he deserves a lot of credit for that, and I think that's why I have him in the top five over over Steph. Um, even though Steph is Steph um, and is playing really well defensively and all these things, you can owe a lot of their success also to Draymond and Wiggins, whereas I think in Chicago, like DeRozan deserves almost all the credit for what, what's going on there. Yeah, uh, Dieter would take so much offense to what you just said because he thinks um, Zach Levine deserves a ton of credit for the Bulls' okay. success as well. Who's the new piece that suddenly cat- was the catalyst to their rise? I mean, that's tomorrow. Right? I hear you. No, I hear you, man. And, and here's where I'll counter with you. I have, I have a couple things to throw back at you on that. One is I, I don't like DeRozan over Steph for the simple reason that the two times they played against each other, the Warriors just mopped the floor. Um, so I, I, I do take those head-to-heads in consideration. I don't like Jokic for the simple reason that the Nuggets' overall record is not good enough at this point. If you're going to consider Jokic, then then Steph should have won it last year. Uh, but no one really considered him in the grand scheme of things just because the Warriors didn't even make the playoffs. I mean, they were the eighth seed. Um, and then Durant, do you, th- do you still think he's going to be in it now that he has a knee injury? That's the only reason why I, t- I take him out because he's going to miss like a month at least. I mean, I, I I do it based on where we are at this moment. I don't like to project ahead when you're asking those sorts of questions. So I'm just basically saying if we were awarding the MVP tomorrow, what would the list be? And so that's what I'm going off of. Will okay. Durant probably go down the list because of this injury? For sure. Uh, but that's not how I took the question. Yeah, I hear you, man. Um, do you get a vote for MVP? Um I basically trade off year to year. Uh, we've talked about this a while ago. Yeah, uh-huh. I historically trade off with the Mercury News writer. Um, so, like, Wes and I would take turns. Um, they kind of give the nod more to traditional media, like print journalism. I don't know if the athletic writer gets a vote. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I'm i not going to be the beat writer by the time voting comes. But I am voting for All-Star this week. Oh. Um, so there's that. All right, we'll we'll get to that in a second, and just the fact. Well, I guess does I don't even know if the Mercury News has a beat writer right now. And I got that they have that. So Evan it's funny, Kidd, like, one of the best teams in the league, and the Chronicle and the Mercury News don't have beat writers right now. <laughs> uh, just just because of the timing, the Mercury News right. writer left right before the season, and so they've been trying to make a hire midseason. And you know, we had uh, a change on the beat just a uh, a couple months ago, and so um, I'm filling in until we. Me, Ron Krojcik and I are filling in until we make a hire. Uh, but, you know, we still have people at every practice shoot around in game. It's not like we're ignoring <laughs> our Warriors coverage. We just don't have that, like, fully dedicated person right now. Yeah. Uh, but that will change soon. Well, I'm, I'm, the reason why I bring that up is because, like, I don't even know who from the Mercury News would cast that vote this right now. You know what I'm I saying? Mean, like, that's weird. The guy filling in right now is Evan Weback, Who's done. A, Thank who's you. Done a nice, yes. Who's done a nice job, but he's, he's not uh, going to be staying on that beat They're They're actually in the process of making a hire, I believe right now. So that woman who I believe they're, they're going to hire uh, would, would be the person. Okay. All right. Oh, you know who they're going to hire? Can well, you she's, anything? he's actually covering this homestand. Um, okay. And she's kind of in an audition 
period. So if it goes well, gotcha, we'll gotcha. I hear you on that. Well, when we come back, um, we'll we'll wrap things up on the MVP talk. And the reason why I want to still talk about it is because a month ago or a month and a half ago, there was no debate. Stephen Curry seemed to have that MVP, his third MVP, locked up. And then in this last month and a half, some peculiar things happened. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about uh, uh, what's to come and wrap things up with Connor Letourneau. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team... Every day. Thanks for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Connor Letourneau joins me. You can follow him on Twitter at uh, con underscore cron. That's C-O-N underscore C-H-R-O-N, representing his position with the San Francisco Chronicle. Uh, you do phenomenal work with him. Um, what happened, do you think, to Steve? Steph, I keep saying Steve for some reason. What, what do you think happened to Stephen Curry? Uh, in December, January, typically these are his dog days. Like, like historically, he, his numbers always go down in December and January. Um, he made a very interesting comment a week or so ago talking about how he looks at the season as three parts. Yeah. Um, and, and in part two is where he kind of seems to t- take it as a mental rest period, as a take it slow and easy period, which could be the reason why his numbers slow down. There is a correlation there. But these are historically no, low numbers by his standards. Um, the three-point chase, I think, played a part in this. What is what is your what are your thoughts on on Stephen Curry's recent slump? I use air quotes by his standards. I don't have a lot of thoughts about it to be honest, uh, because I think I think these things just happen. I, I think if you watch what he's been doing, I think he's been forcing things a little bit. I think he needs to um, just kind of trust his teammates a little bit and 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 just do what he had done in the past in terms of just trusting the ball movement, getting to his spots. I think he's been dribbling a little bit too much at times. I think he's been trying to make things happen a little bit too much. Um, but I, I think he's already slowly breaking out of the slump and I don't, I don't, I don't expect it to be um, a huge concern going forward. I think, I think that his numbers will even out. And I think by the end of the season, he'll be shooting around 40% from three um i think like like you said everyone is kind of experiencing the dog days right now the warriors are notorious for really struggling at this time of year yeah Um, every year i've covered them this has been a grind doesn't help that draymond's out doesn't help that you know even though they're happy to have clay back um his minutes are constantly changing i think the lineups have been a real issue um and i think everyone's having a hard time getting a rhythm right now because Mm -hmm their lineups are so different night to night. It feels like Steve is rolling out two dozen plus lineups every game. (laughs) And it's just hard for guys to like know where to be when there's different pieces out there at all times. Um, I think that's part of why Steve basically announced the other night that Kaminga is going to be the starting power forward until Draymond comes back, which was a big statement, you know, especially for a guy who's, um, you know, 19 and still very much finding his footing in the league. But I think part of that was just Steve wants some consistency. And so it's like, yo, this is going to be a really good opportunity for Kaminga to show us what he can do. And that's what I'm personally most curious about the next couple of weeks while Draymond's out is just, can Kaminga prove 
that he can be a helpful rotation player for a title contending team in the playoffs. Yeah. There's a big difference between playing rotation minutes in the regular season and playing rotation minutes in the playoffs. And actually, I think I'm going to do a piece this morning that looks at who is basically uh, competing to be a playoff rotation player. Hmm. And those guys are like Kaminga, uh, Damian Lee, Juan Descano Anderson. Uh, those guys still have something to prove when it comes to like, are you going to play in the playoffs? Cause the rotation is going to go from 10, 11 guys per game to like eight. And so um, it'll be interesting to see who's playing when it really matters. Yeah. And there, and I could think of Bielitsa being a guy who needs to earn that. Yeah. Um, sure. I, I feel like, I feel like Bielitsa and Juan Toscano Anderson, they, they started shooting way too many threes and that was part of the, the offense kind of stagnating and, and and this last game, I saw them finally revert back to the basics. Bielitsa was playing in the post a lot. He was staying near the rim to help with rebounding. Um, JTA was not heaving up these threes. I mean, look, I know they make them sometimes, and the percentages continue to support them shooting it, but timing is everything. And I, I'm going to call me old school. I'm still a believer that two-point baskets have a value, right? I mean, even if it's just to build confidence and get your offense rolling with uh, momentum, um, you don't have to just chuck up threes every single play. And that, I feel like that's what they were doing for, for a lot of that. Um, but that's just my opinion on the matter. Uh, dude, when you do your mailbag segments, like, like I love mailbag segments and, and that's because I grew up in a day where I actually read a newspaper and people actually sent mail. Uh, when I watched David Letterman, I used to love his mailbag segment. It's always just been a fun media angle for me. Dude, do you, is your, like, how is, how does that work for you these days in the modern era? Is it a ton of emails? Um, do you look at tw- replies? Like, are you collecting everything? Like, how does that work? I, I do. I, pay, I basically just put the call up for Twitter and go, go off what I get on Twitter, but I occasionally okay. will get emailed ones that I'll, that I'll answer. Um, and I, I've come to really appreciate it. It's, uh, I think it's a really good way to get a pulse on what fans yeah. care about. Um, there have been a lot of times where I'll get questions from readers and it'll kind of spur story ideas for me um, because you realize, oh, I haven't really been thinking about that, but that's obviously something people care about. And, uh, you know, it's also a good way to touch the hit notes that I wouldn't be hitting in my day-to-day coverage. And right. dude, you'd, be, you'd be shocked how well those mailbags do numbers-wise. Like they do really well. Um, oh, and I was I believe pleasantly it. surprised when we started doing them. I believe it, man. It's, it's, and, and it adds perspective for you, right? Cause because these, the readers are bringing up new points and angles you might not have thought of. Um, no, I personally love it, man. And thanks for answering that question. Uh, uh, last thing I wanted to touch on you with before we call it a day. Um, I saw something, I've seen something now in the last two games offensively from the Warriors, which I love. And talking about Kaminga, he's been involved in this set a lot. And that's a Stephen Curry decoy screen. And what I mean by that, it's a pick and roll with with Stephen Curry and Kaminga. And what opposing teams are doing now is refusing to ever leave Stephen Curry alone, right? So when he sets those screens and he's setting those pick and rolls, a lot of the times the second defender is not following the pick. And so Kaminga has been seeing a lot of open looks. And I think that's been contributing to his to his bigger numbers. I was wondering if you've noticed anything from that. And if you agree with my observations on that play, uh, or if you haven't, I don't know. Like, what are your thoughts on that? No, I have noticed that. And I think, I think that's definitely been helpful. One thing Steve is good about, especially with the young guys finding uh, reads and situations where they're going to get easy looks and, and be put in a position to succeed. You saw toward the end of last season, Steve calling a lot more high pick and rolls with Steph yeah. and, and Wiseman. And that's when Wiseman finally started to get a, 
in a rhythm offensively. And I don't, I don't think Kaminga needs it to that degree. Cause I think Kaminga is a better fit in this system than Wiseman is naturally just given his skill set. But I do think that it's very helpful when you can find little wrinkles in the offense to help him find openings. And I think that's a good example of, of, of them doing that. Any updates on James Wiseman? I mean, you're as, as much of an insider as they come. You're around this team all the time. Uh, that that Anthony Slater piece last week, I think, stunned a lot of people that Wiseman had a follow-up uh, procedure. Uh, like, is, is he, are we, Do you think we're going to even see him play this faith in that like what what's your take yeah on it? that was a that was a weird situation because i've covered the warriors for over five years and i've never known them to purposely hide injury information and steve was asked directly about wiseman almost every day and he said repeatedly there's been no setbacks there's been no setbacks there's been no setbacks right and then it comes out that he had a second procedure which is the definition of a setback yes and Yes. It's like, okay, you're you guys are clearly purposely misleading us. Like, why is that? Um, and I've been trying to figure that out. I think there's I don't want to speculate too much because I don't know. Right. Um, you know, sometimes there's been this is not a criticism of Steve, but sometimes Steve is not fully caught up on the medical information because he has so much, so many things going on. So maybe right. Steve like overlooked it i think that's possible um and it could be just an innocent thing like that um it could be that they're really trying to safeguard um, and protect wiseman because he does have a history and a reputation for being very sensitive and hard on himself and i think he's already under so much outside pressure and scrutiny that maybe they just didn't want him to have to deal with um the added mental toll that this information being out there would, would be, but um, you know, obviously it's good that it's out there because it just wasn't making sense why he hadn't been cleared for contact. I mean, exactly. As of late November, it looked like he was going to come back before clay and now clay's out there um, and playing and Wiseman still has not even been cleared for contact. It's been over nine months and that it's starting to get weird a little bit. So at least we know why now. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't expect him to come back before the all-star break. I, I think he will probably come back sometime shortly after the all-star break, but um, I don't think you can depend on him to be a real factor this season. I think yeah. he's probably going to play. I think you can play him 10 to 15 minutes a night against bad teams, but when you're talking about, high level teams and especially high stakes moments like the playoffs. Like I don't, I don't know. I'd feel if I'd feel comfortable playing him right now, especially just given the fact that he didn't prove he could be a helpful rotation player last season. And now he's coming off a serious injury. I just, I don't, I don't think he's going to have enough time to get comfortable enough to be a real factor, which is unfortunate. It's basically another, it's like a second lost season for him. I mean, yeah. it, this has been a worst case scenario in terms of the start of his career. I'm not saying he won't be a good player down the line, but this is just not how anyone wanted to see it starting. No, no, we want to see him just play. I mean, that's all I want. And and uh, and 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 again, I was I was 
I literally asked Steve Kerr at the Clay Thompson press conference uh, the day before, or the very day he officially announced himself on Instagram that he was going to uh, play in that in that Cavaliers game. Um, I asked him at the press conference at the very end. I wanted a, J- a James Wiseman update. Everyone's just talking about Clay, and and his answer was just like what she said it, that it's coming along. He's making progress, and literally like a day or two later, that report came out that he underwent. Uh, uh, an arthroscopic procedure uh, on that same knee. So let's hope he plays. That's all we can hope for. Connor, you're amazing, dude. I love doing this with you every time. I, I hope to make this a very regular thing with you if possible. You can follow Connor Letourneau again on Twitter at con underscore cron. And before I let you go, man, tonight's game, uh, betonline.ag is a longtime sponsor. The Warriors are favored by 11.5. The over-under is 216.5. I like the over. 11.5 is a big number, man. Any Any predictions on that? Um, 11 and a half is a big number. I it would take is. under just because I think 11 and a half is a lot. And without Draymond, I, I'm not sure that they can blow out this team. Um, but you know, Pacers aren't very good. So, uh, <laughs> I also wouldn't be surprised. I'm not a betting man. And this is why I just, I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, the NBA is so random. Um, it is like, you can't really predict anything in the NBA. Um, so who knows? I'm not going to pretend to know. I love it. That's, that's honestly, that's all you can ask for. Uh, and again, you can follow uh, me on Twitter at dogs or show and this program on Twitter at locked on dubs, man. We'll talk soon, brother. Thanks for coming on and uh dub nation. Let's go warriors later.